I think Roland O'Gara could be managing the Cork Hurlers, the Irish soccer team. He could be managing anything. He's got the X factor. To win two Champions Cups with a club that doesn't really have that much of a history in the game. OTB AM. Live weekday mornings from 7.30 on the OTB Sports app. OTB's Rugby Daily with Deliveroo. Get top local restaurants delivered to your door. Deliveroo. Food. We get it. Welcome to Monday's Rugby Daily. My name is Richie McCormack. On the way, reaction to Munster's URC Grand Final win in Cape Town as we hear from Graham Rowntree, Ty Byrne and Keith Wood. Ireland are off to Marseille next year. London Irish is on the brink and Marcus Smith could be off to France. Rugby Daily is brought to you in partnership with Deliveroo. Get top local restaurants delivered to your door. Deliveroo. Food. We get it. First today to that momentous win for Munster in Cape Town. Scrum advantage over. Through goes Tyburn. Crucial tackle from Duplessis. And here come Munster. Flat. Over the top they go and inside. It's a brilliant score. John Hodnett with the score for Munster. That puts them three in front with a kick to come. And less than five minutes to play. Munster fans welcome their victorious URC winning squad back to Thoman Park today following Saturday's dramatic 19-14 win over the DHL Stormers. That John Hodna try secured a first major piece of silverware for Munster since winning the Magners League back in 2011. Munster head coach Graham Rentree's head sunk into his hands at the final whistle. He was asked by Rory O'Connor after the game the reason for that particular reaction. That's elation for me, that head in my hands. No, it's um, emotional. I'm not going to lie, I was emotional at the end of it. A huge moment for the club. Players, fans, been very patient, waiting for this trophy. The club's lost some special people in that time. Pete spoke wonderfully about it at the end of This is the people we've lost over the years. You know, it's a special group of some older players who have waited patiently, Pete being one of those, to win a trophy. Um, I'm immensely proud of this group, delighted for the whole of the province. It's the people who are here now, the playing group, the families back home, the kids watching, the supporters in the province, the Red Army that followed us here. Unbelievable. I mean, we drove into the stadium today, there's a Red Army of flags waiting for us on the road outside. So I'm delighted for those people. You know, we did it for them. Um, with the game itself, proud of the lads. We've done it tough. Boy. Spoke extensively yesterday about a sixth game away from home. So come and do this. The places we've gone, the um, performances we put in, without being perfect, still growing again, which I keep saying. But we always stick in the game. We show that at the end against some adversity. I'm unbelievably proud for everyone that's involved with this prestigious club that is Munster Rugby. Ty Byrne was asked what set this particular Munster group apart from recent seasons. Um, you know, just everyone's enjoying it, enjoying it a lot. You know, I've been in a lot of groups and I've never not enjoyed any of the groups, but for some reason, the last you know the last couple of months within this group, they've just grown very close together, and um, you know they've obviously been on couple of trips over to South Africa the last couple of couple of months too so uh, that's brought everyone close, even closer together you know when you spend so much time together um, but it's the belief within the squad it's you know the enjoyment of the way we're playing and um, you know winning helps obviously <laughs> um, 
But, you know, the tight-knit group, it's just because it's a great bunch of people and everyone loves being around each other and it's, it's good fun. And former Munster hooker Keith Wood gave his reaction to Saturday's win on this morning's OTBAM. He was asked about the prospect of match winner John Hodnett going to the World Cup in September. Yeah, look, uh, Hodnett for, for me has has got progressively better all along. He was, I mean, I, look, we were talking on this a couple of years ago when he came on the scene and we were saying, come on, get him in, get him in. And then he picked up a couple of fairly long injuries, which... Um, which kind of uh, stalled the ball there for him, and his game when he came back for me was was of an excellent standard, but limited. And it's grown as the season has gone along, and he has offered more consistently when he's played. Um, but his aggression um, in the tackle has been essential. Um, that low slung back row forward. Um, is uh, and 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 the impact that he has and the running that he has and the I have to say the sort of uh, almost the, the clarity of being in the right place at the right time I think the fitness as well is there so he has which has been a great joy is he's played his best rugby in the last couple of months you know that's so it's it's coming to the standard that you'd want it to be at the end of the season a lot of guys are wrecked at the end of the season and um, and I think in times past Munster were pretty wrecked at the end of the season and they didn't look it um, and they were pinned to their collar for a lot of that game um, and look you have to just be thrilled for him because he's now putting his hand up and I don't think you'd have said that even at the start of the season. Ireland will be off to Marseille during next year's Six Nations. Tournament organisers confirmed this morning that Les Bleus will play their three home matches at three different venues. Their traditional Stade de France home is out of commission as it prepares to host next year's Summer Olympic Games. It promises to be a heady atmosphere to start the competition as Ireland will travel to play France at the Stade Velodrome under the lights on Friday night, February 2nd. France will decamp to Lille to play Italy in round three just over three weeks later and Lyon will host their final round fixture against England on March 16th of next year. The Marseille fixture represents the first time Ireland will play an away fixture with France outside of the greater Paris area. The last time the sides met in France away from Saint-Denis was a 2011 World Cup warm-up game in Bordeaux. Less said about that, the better. London Irish appear to be less than 24 hours from oblivion. You may remember a couple of weeks ago, the RFU gave the exiles until May 30th for a takeover by an American consortium to be completed or to provide proof that they have the funds to compete in next year's premiership. With that deadline on the horizon, London Irish players were told on Friday that they were free to talk to other clubs. London Irish are believed to be around £30 million in debt and have failed to pay their players and staff on time in each of the last two months. California-based lawyer and former sports agent Alfred Chip Sloan is said to be heading the consortium looking to buy the Exiles. He's been brokering on behalf of a group called NUE Capital, which is said to include prominent former sports stars like Ray Lewis, Dikembe Mutombo, Alan Iverson and Dr J. Julius Irving. They were said to be confident of meeting the May 30th deadline. Current owner Mick Crossan has informed staff that NUE Capital informed him funds would be made available imminently. However, relegation to the English Championship, at the very least, and a player exodus remains the most likely outcome. We'll know more, of course, tomorrow. 
French rugby continues to benefit from the financial crisis hitting clubs in England and Wales. Racing 92 are attempting to woo England fly half Marcus Smith away from Harlequins. Smith visited Racing a fortnight ago with the top Couture's club, saying it was merely a courtesy visit. The 24-year-old has a year left on his contract at Quinns, and that could be bought out by Racing, who will be coached, of course, by Stuart Lancaster from next season. Smith could take the place of Finn Russell at Racing after the World Cup, with the Scot moving back to Bath. Cheslin Kobe has been released from his Toulon contract a year ahead of schedule. The 29-year-old Springbok winger is expected to move to Japan after the World Cup with Suntory Sungalais heading the queue for his signature. Kobe's last game in a Toulon jersey came in yesterday's 35-19 win over Bordeaux Begle, which brought the curtain down on their top Couture's campaign. They missed out on the playoffs by just two points to Bordeaux, ironically enough. Kobe also started in the Challenge Cup final win over Glasgow at the Aviva Stadium earlier this month. Finally, Ireland discovered two more of the sides, joining them in Tier 3 of the inaugural WXV over the weekend. Japan beat Kazakhstan by 72 points to nil in the final of the Asia Rugby Women's Championship in Almaty yesterday. That meant Japan went into Tier 2 and Kazakhstan will join Ireland in Tier 3. While in Madagascar, Kenya defeated Cameroon 52 points to 3 to win the Rugby Africa Women's Cup First Division and also secure a Tier 3 spot in the WXV. Ireland's tier will be completed by the losers of the Italy-Spain-European playoff, the winners of Colombia and Brazil in South America and the runner-up from Oceania. That's it for today's Rugby Daily. Don't forget to subscribe to the OTB Rugby feed for all of our latest rugby podcasts first. Just a little bit of housekeeping for you as well with the season drawing to a close both for club and for country. Uh, Rugby Daily will be going back to Corrie hours. Yes, we'll be mirroring Coronation Street and coming to you three days a week over the course of the summer, obviously with fewer games to talk about and with no discernible transfer window in the round. We will be compiling all of the day's news into three chunks. That's coming on Monday, Wednesday and Friday. So the next time you'll hear from me will be on Wednesday with more Rugby Daily with thanks to Deliveroo. Thanks so much for listening.